Hi there, I'm Father Patrick, and this is our podcast for College Catholics. Through the sacrament of confession, God forgives your sins. More specifically, you're assured that God forgives your mortal sins. But to obtain that desired effect, that confession has to be valid. It has to be well done, so to speak. So today, after looking a little bit into the life of St. Ignatius of Loyola and his conversion, I will talk about the main elements that constitute a good confession, particularly on your part, that is, on part of the penitent, it is essential to have a conversion of heart, which leads to contrition or sorrow for the sins that we committed, then confession, and later satisfaction or fulfilling a penance. And then on the side of the on the part of the priest, after hearing the sins of the penitent, he should forgive those sins through sacramental absolution and determine a penance or suitable satisfaction, we say to perform after that confession. So St. Ignatius of Loyola underwent a radical conversion of heart in his life, which led to, uh, led to a profound confession of all his sins. He was born in Spain, in a town called Aspatia, in 1491, in the north of Spain, and died in Rome in 1556. He's better known for having been the author of the Spiritual Exercises, which is a type of silent retreat, which is a type of retreat, by the way, that we preached in Miles Christi, and for being the founder of the Society of Jesus. However, at the beginning of his life, he was mostly interested in succeeding in life, which in a sense is normal, but in, a, in another sense, it was a little bit too worldly, especially he was looking into the military career. He was a believing Catholic, but he was quite worldly, seeking his own glory and the honors of the world. He wanted to have a glorious military career. And while doing this, he fought in a battle between Spain and France and was the leader in a w battle there uh, defending the city of Pamplona, which is in the north of Spain. During that uh, battle, a cannonball hit his leg and he had to be taken out of the battle and back to his house. Now, during that time of convalescence, he started a process of conversion. This was the year 1521. He read the lives of the saints and a life of Christ. And little by little, he realized that he had been living a life of sin and that God was calling him to a life of holiness. So instead of serving the world or a human king, he could serve the king of kings, Jesus Christ. Just as St. Dominic, St. Benedict, or St. Francis, he could also be a saint. So he decided to turn to God and do penance for his sins, and in particular all his past sins. This was a key point in his conversion. And then, moved by the grace of God, he decided to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. But on the way to the Holy Land, he stopped at the shrine of Our Lady of Montserrat near Barcelona. And there he spent three days making a general confession of all his sins with great sorrow and great tears. Then he made a night-long vigil at the feet of Our Lady of Montserrat, offering his entire life to Christ. He was determined from then on to serve Jesus Christ for the rest of his life. So his conversion led to repentance of his sin. 
and that led to contrition of heart. And this contrition led him to confess his sins to a priest. And then as far as satisfaction or penance for his past sins, he made very severe penances for several months, actually nearby in a cave that he found near a town called Manresa, all that nearby in the surrounding area of Barcelona. And he spent there around 11 months in that cave, praying, fasting, and doing penance. And during that time, he had many spiritual illuminations and revelations. Now, one of those was the heart of what later would become the Spiritual Exercises Retreat. This Spiritual Exercises is a powerful 30-day silent retreat. And all that process of conversion from the moment of his uh, the accident with a cannonball until the end of that time in Manresa took place between the years 1521 to 1522. And this is why, by the way, from May 2021 through July 2022, we celebrated the 500th anniversary of that process of conversion of St. Ignatius of Loyola, whom in Miles Christi we have as our master of spiritual life. So if you can, in this Ignatian year, as it is called, uh, if you could please say a prayer to St. Ignatius of Loyola, asking for Miles Christi, for our intentions and for our sanctification, especially of all the priests and brothers. So, uh, just as St. Ignatius, you and I are called to conversion of heart. Of, we're called to, com to conversion and repentance. Conversion, repentance, and reparation are essential elements to a good confession. This is why our Lord, during his public ministry, encouraged people to repent from sin, to convert and believe in his words, in his gospel, in his message of salvation. As we read in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So this repentance is an acknowledgement of one's sins, a sort of turning to God, and it implies a commitment to live according to the gospel. Now this repentance might sound nice you know, to say, but it's really tough to recognize that we have sinned. It is tough for anyone who commits a sin then to say, I have sinned. It's difficult, and it requires a lot of humility and also a lot of trust in God's mercy and fatherly love that if we turn to him, he is going to forgive us. The fact is that we sin frequently. And even after receiving the sacrament of baptism, uh, we fall again. And this is a common experience. I am pretty sure that most of us realize that we are weak and that we sin. This is why the invitation to conversion, to repentance, is something that Christ addresses to everyone and also to you and to me. That conversion again, implies a turning away from sin, turning away from vice, from the spirit of the world, and turning toward God, toward the life of the gospel. But because we sin frequently or even daily, we should convert daily as well. In this sense, this conversion is above all interior. It's a conversion of the heart. Without this interior conversion, any external signs or manifestations of conversion are superfluous. 
and to a certain degree, they're useless. So this conversion of the heart should lead to true contrition, true sorrow for sin. Now this sorrow for sin, which is an element of a good confession, is not something purely emotional. It is uh, primarily an attitude of the mind and of the will. It is a common experience of many people that they don't feel sorrow for sin, even when they know they, they did wrong and they want to change. So I continually or typically tell them uh, that sorrow for sin is not that I need to be uh, crushed or crying or weeping. I need to be aware with my mind that I did wrong and with my will have the intention not to sin again. So it is not necessary to shed tears or to be externally moved or to be in distress for our sins. These things can be good, but they are not completely necessary. And many times, or most very commonly, they don't happen. So the most important aspect of this contrition, of this sorrow for sin, is that we recognize that we have done wrong, that we have done something that offends God, that it offends our neighbor, and to some extent the whole church, and that we decide or choose to do our best not to do it again in the future, right? to commit to live a better life from then on. Besides, if we have damaged another people in some way, we should be willing to make restitution, to repair as far as we can the damage we have made. This is exemplified in the attitude of Zacchaeus in the gospel, that tax collector, when he says to our Lord, if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over, as we read in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 19, verse 8. So the Catechism, in number 1451, describes this true contrition very clearly, so I thought I should read it to you, as I think it is truly enlightening. The Catechism says, Among the penitent's acts, contrition occupies the first place. Contrition is sorrow of the soul and detestation for the sin committed, together with the resolution not to sin again. Right? That is the text of the Catechism. So as you see, contrition, sorrow for sin, does not speak there of shedding tears or being in complete distress, uh, distress emotionally. It speaks about the commitment of the will, the resolution of the will. So true contrition of heart leads to the confession of our sins, which is the second of the acts of the penitent. To do a good confession, you should first do an examination of conscience. This is a, a certain process of introspection, for those who don't know, uh, in which we look at our past actions, especially since our last confession, to see if we have offended God in any way. In particular, you want to look at the more serious things, uh, right? So the mortal sins, because those are the ones you definitely want to confess. Apart from looking at what sins you have committed, you may also want to look at the reasons why you did what you did, right? So what was it that led you to sin, right? It is not enough. It's not, um, the most important thing is not to list, give a list of sins to the priest uh, when we examine our conscience, right? To think, okay, what am I going to say? It is also important to see why you have sinned. Of course, you want to say the sins, but you personally, when you examine your conscience, you want to look at why did I sin? What, what led me to sin? What were the reasons, the causes before my sin? So the confession of your sins, particularly all your mortal sins, if there are any, together with how many times you fell into each, 
is essential to the integrity and validity of your confession. So, if you want to have a valid confession, you need to confess your mortal sins, all of them, and how many times you fell into each one, at least approximately. In that sense, if you want to obtain the forgiveness of your sins through confession, you have to say all the mortal sins committed since your last confession to the priest. So, if you knowingly and intentionally hold back even one mortal sin, your confession is invalid. In this sense, the Catechism says in 1456 that even the sins against the Ninth and the Tenth Commandments, which, by the way, are sins of thought, or if you want, they refer to evil thoughts that are deliberately consented, those should all be confessed when they are grave in their content, when there's a grave matter. So, in a word, when they are mortal sins. Now, as far as venial or less serious sins, it is, I recommend, a good thing to confess them. It's actually beneficial to you, but it's not absolutely necessary, right? So, uh, you can confess them, it is recommended, but it's not necessary for the validity of the confession, the venial sins. So now, the final act of the penitent is to fulfill the penance imposed by the priest. In this sense, the priest will typically give you a penance that is somewhat proportionate to the sins committed. Although in reality, there will never be something that you can do that is really proportionate to the evil of one mortal sin. So in that sense, any prayers given to you as penance will be enough because it is by the power of Jesus Christ that you're forgiven and not through your actions, not through your acts of penance. So any prayer that is given to you, you have to fulfill and that's it. So after hearing your confession, the priest on his part will give you some advice, which can be longer or very short, it doesn't matter, and then will tell you what penance to fulfill. So you need to remember what he said and fulfill it. And then finally give you the absolution of your sins while imposing his hand on you, on the head, and tracing the sign of the cross at the end of the absolution. Right. So the formula of absolution in English is the following, and you can find it in the Catechism 1449. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the Church, may God give you pardon and peace. And I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And there he has to do the sign of the cross. So, uh, that is the absolution, the sacramental absolution, and it's necessary, of course, for the validity of your confession. So, finally, here we have some, uh, I had thought about some quick tips for making a good confession. The first one, that unless you have good memory or you're experienced in going to confession, I recommend that you try to have what you want to say written down in a paper or something, so that when you get nervous and draw a blank, which is very common in confession, you will still be able to, to know and say what you intended to confess. A second thing, so again, that of the paper is not necessary, but it may be uh, advisable, let's say, especially if you, if you have a bad memory. A second thing, don't give a super generic list of sins, like sometimes people say pride, jealousy, anger, impurity, etc. On the contrary, I would say, say something that is more personal and more specific, like, I yelled at my friend, or 
um, I missed Sunday mass three times, etc. Something where I did this, I did that, right? So it's more, uh, I am accusing myself of my sin. A third thing, don't give unnecessary details that do not affect the gravity of your sin. For example, if you slammed the door in the face of your friend, you don't need to explain what they were wearing that day as clothes. It's completely unnecessary. Uh, fourth thing, do not be afraid of what the priest will think about you. And this is a very important point. We as priests have heard it all. Everything. You can't imagine the things we've heard. So we were consecrated by God precisely to forgive sins. And we are happy to give you that forgiveness, no matter how serious your sins might be, as long as you're repentant. God's mercy is infinite, and we want to extend that mercy to you through the sacrament of confession. So don't be concerned or afraid of what the priest will think about you. So there might be more things to say about this amazing, amazing sacrament of the mercy of God. If you'd like to ask me any questions about this, please email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. Thank you very much for spending your time with me today. Hopefully these considerations will help you more frequently to to make use of this amazing sacrament of God's mercy. And also, if you can, please forward this episode to your friends so that they can also benefit from it. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.